Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Vera Beach. And uh, we're glad to be here. Do you guys have your Bibles tonight? Yeah. Who has a paper Bible? Anyone? Who has a Bible on their phone? One person. Who has a paper Bible? She like kind of held it up like this. Um, If you don't have your Bible on your phone, just download the app. It's really easy. I know kids in my youth group are like, I don't have room on my phone. Well, that's a completely different problem. Delete whatever app you need to delete and download the Bible. Um, the Bible is not just an old book. We believe it's the living word of God. And it has everything that you need for your life today. And so if you have not read your Bible, it's one of the greatest things you can do. Um, today we're going to read two scriptures. Um, the first is in Mark chapter 10. And so we find Jesus Um, he's teaching, he's going around teaching, healing people, people are following him, coming to him, and, and, uh, and, and, and this is where we find Jesus at in his ministry, and, uh, the section title for this is called The Rich Young Ruler, um, and yeah, so it's this, and it says, and as he, that's Jesus, as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked, good teacher, What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except for God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And the young man said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, he loved him and he said to him, You lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have. Give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Disheartened by this saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Read one more scripture. It's in Luke chapter 24, where we find ourselves. Jesus had just died on the cross. Um, He was buried in the grave, and we find his disciples going to anoint his tomb in honor where he had been buried, essentially. It says this, But on the first day of the week, it was on Sunday, at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking spices they had prepared. And they found the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, Two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and they were frightened, and they bowed their faces to the ground. And the, men, and the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day he will rise. And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Today, tonight, if you're taking notes, I want to talk about this idea of why do you seek the living among the dead? Why do you seek the living among the dead? Let's pray, and then we're going to jump in. God, we thank you for everything you're doing tonight. God, I thank you for every young person here. God, they are not an accident, but God, you created them on purpose and for a purpose. And so, God, I pray you would speak to them wherever they're at, God, that you would make yourself real to us tonight. God, we love you, and we're grateful for you. And everyone said, amen. Amen. When I was young, one of my favorite times of the year was the holidays. Does anyone else like the holidays? Christmas, Thanksgiving. We all love Christmas. Christmas specifically was my favorite holiday as a kid, and it's easy to know why, because 
you get presents. Oh, he said Jesus. Yes, that's the right answer, always. But reality, you get presents at Christmas. Does anyone get presents? Yes. Anyone like presents? Yes. Um, we know the reason for the season is Jesus, of course. But when you're a kid, you like getting presents. And I remember one Christmas specifically, um, what I really wanted for Christmas was a big Power Wheels blue truck. It was a miniature of the Bigfoot monster truck. That's what I wanted as a three-year-old for Christmas because my parents took me to Toys R Us. They don't really have those anymore, but when I was young, there was a big toy store with a lot of toys. You'd actually go to it. You wouldn't just order on Amazon. Like, that's what my kids, like, think the toy store is now. Dad, can you get this from Amazon? No, we would actually go and look at them. And so my parents took me there, and I saw this big blue truck, and I'm like, Mom and Dad, that is what I want for Christmas. But my parents were youth pastors at the time, and I'm a pastor's kid, and they did not make a lot of money. And that Power Wheels truck was too expensive. And so my dad did the one thing he knew how to do, and he started praying. Like, after we left, he went back, and he was weird like this. He went and prayed over the truck. He's like, God, I thank you that this is going to go on sale. Um, things don't go on sale before Christmas. But my dad's prayers work, and the truck went on sale. And so my parents got me the truck. It was awesome. And I remember Christmas morning as a three-year-old. I don't really remember it, but I've seen the videos. Um, I woke up. I'm walking down the stairs, excited to receive my gift. And under the tree, or right next to the tree, I see the big blue truck. The thing I had wanted, it had the ribbon on it like the car commercials. And I saw this big blue truck, and all of a sudden I begin to walk towards this big blue truck. But out of the corner of my eye, something catches my attention. And all of a sudden, I divert my walk, and I begin to walk another direction. And instead of going to the toy that my parents purchased for me, I begin to walk over to the box that the big blue truck came in. And all of a sudden, I got in the box, and no joke, for hours, I wouldn't even touch the truck. I began to play in the big box that it came in. You know, this was like that SpongeBob episode, Imagination, where he's just like playing in the box. That's what I was doing. And it wasn't until my cousin Josh went and tried to play with my truck. I was like, oh, no, forget about it. That's mine. And I started driving it. But it's so interesting to me, instead of playing with the gift that I wanted and that my parents got for me, I chose to play in the box instead. The thing that was kind of an empty shell of the actual gift is something I chose over the gift. I feel like this is kind of a picture of how a lot of us live. You see, God has given us this gift. It's a gift we are all searching for. And the rich young ruler in this story kind of hits the nail on the head of what this gift is. We are all looking for this thing called eternal life. It is life to the fullest. It is a life of purpose. It is a life of joy and value. It's finding the reason we were created to live. You see, a lot of us are alive, but you can be alive and still not living all that God has for you. And oftentimes, just like me, we settle for an empty shell of God's best for our life instead of accessing the fullness of what God wants to give us. We go to the empty box and we're like, okay, this will do, and this is where I'm going to find my life. And we settle for an empty living instead of living life to the fullest. You see, even this rich young ruler, he was rich, he was young, 
and he had power. These are like the three things that everyone wants in life. Like if you're old, you spend money trying to look young. Everyone works their whole life trying to get money or get power or get influence. But yet he was still living an empty version of the life that God had for him. He was still looking for something more. Just like Pastor Nate talked about earlier, they, that, that they were living with an emptiness or a void on the inside of them and not actually accessing the fullness of what God had created him for. And so he came to Jesus searching because he was empty. And, and he said, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He was looking for something more because the life he was living was an empty version wasn't fulfilling him. We can spend our life trying to find eternal life in things that don't actually fill us. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, you must understand about this idea of eternal life. You know, when I, growing up in church, when I would hear this term eternal life, oftentimes I would think of life after this life. I would think of one day in heaven, I'll be with Jesus and everything will be good. He's not talking about life after death. He's actually talking about an even, uh, something even greater, a life that we access right now where you are at. You see, eternal means without beginning and without end. And this word life that he said, the Greek word for it is actually zoe. It means God's full life for us. It means purpose. It means value. It means peace. It means joy. It means love. It means the things that most of us spend our life trying to find. This is the type of life he's referencing. And this is the type of life that can only be found in Jesus. And so the rich young ruler who has everything, he has power, he has his youth, he has money, he's still searching for something more. And he says, Jesus, what must I do to find that life? What must I do to find that fulfillment? And right there, I think it's pretty interesting that he asked that question, what must I do? What must I do? Because many times, how we look at how we access God's best for our life, it comes down and is boiled down to, I just need to do better. If I could just do better, then I could have God's best for my life. If I could just be a better person, then I could have God's best for my life. And he's like, what must I do? And so Jesus says, hey, if you want in eternal life, you have to follow all the commandments. And so Jesus lists some of them off. And the rich young ruler is like, well, actually, I've done it all. Like, I'm a pretty good person. And so he was a good person. Um, but he wasn't a perfect person. So he might have been lying there a little bit. But Jesus still loved him in that moment. He said, I've, I've done all those things. And then Jesus says this to him. He says, if you want the life that you're looking for, and I want you to hear, hear me tonight. If you want the fullness, if you want the value and purpose and identity that I want to give you, do this. He says, sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. Sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. Give up everything and follow me. What Jesus was doing in this moment is he was pinpointing the thing in that young man's life 
in which that young man was finding value and purpose and identity in. Give up everything. Because this is what, how the young man approached Jesus. He said, good teacher, good teacher, what must I do? And Jesus says to him, he says, why do you call me good? Only God is good. This is, this is why I think Jesus made this question. Because of course Jesus is good. He is God. He's good. But I think what the rich young ruler was approaching Jesus as was something good that he could add to his already good life to give him purpose. We have the things, we have our area of life, and we just want Jesus to be another good thing that we add to our life to give us some sense of well-being. We have the friends, we have the sports we play, the college money, all these good things, and we just look at Jesus as another good thing. But what Jesus wants this young man to know and he wants, what he wants us to know is that he is not just some good thing that we add to our lives. And if we want to access the best that God has for us, he cannot just be something good that we add. He has to be God. And for him to be God, there cannot be anything other in our life that we worship as God. We cannot have two things being God in our life. We like Jesus to be good and just a good thing we add because we truly want to be God in our life. We want to call the shots. We want to determine how we live. But to make Jesus God means we surrender everything to him. And the only way to access this life to the fullest, eternal life, to live with purpose and wholeness, is to make Jesus God. It cannot just be something we do on Thursday nights and just add to our life to make our life better, to make us feel like we're a good person. No, he needs to be everything. And what he's doing for this young man is he's saying, right now in your life, your wealth and your riches and your power, that's your God. And if you want what I'm going to give you, you have to be willing to give that up. You have to be willing to lay it down. It's not bad. It's actually good and can be used for good, but it's not God. But if you're treating something good as God, what we're doing is we're playing in the box instead of accessing the full thing that God has for us. We're living an empty life. You see, how do we determine whether or not we are living for the temporary instead of the eternal? Are there areas in your life that if God told you, hey, I want you to give this up, would you be willing to give it up? Because if not, that thing is God in your life. And if not, what you're doing therein is you are trying to find life in something that won't give it to you. Jesus said, sell all that you have. Sell everything that you have. Because this is what we got to understand Receiving this life, eternal life that God wants to give you, it's not about doing, it's not about being a better person or having a better life. It's about surrendering everything so that you can receive this gift. It's not about earning a gift, it's about receiving a gift. You cannot pay for this gift on your own. Only Jesus could pay for it and he paid for it on the cross when he died on the cross for us. And I want to let you know tonight that God wants to give you that life to the fullest. He wants to give you identity and value and purpose 
but it can only come through receiving. But for a lot of us, it's hard to receive because our hands are already filled with things that we're trying to find life in. And if we want to receive, we have to let those things go. We have to be willing to let those things go. If we want to receive all that God has for us, we have to be willing to let those things die so that we could find life. But this is where it gets difficult. This is where it gets tough. Because there's some things that's like, oh yeah, I'll give that up. But what God wants, he wants the thing that's most important, the thing that's at the center and core of your identity. He wants everything. If we want to access life, we have to be willing to let that go. Because what it's about is about, it's about receiving. And so this young man, Jesus says, hey, sell everything. Give up everything. Sell all your riches. And he's like, I, I can't do it. And because he couldn't do it, he ended up walking away from the thing he was actually searching for. We do this all the time where we choose what we think will give us life instead of choosing the one thing that can actually give us life. See, you can have everything in this life, but if you are missing the one thing, you are still living empty and searching. But on the flip, you could have nothing in this life, but you have the one thing that's Jesus, and you have everything that you need. But it starts with us asking ourselves, am I willing to not just treat Jesus as a good person, but treat him as God and lay down every area of my life to him. Because that's what Jesus is asking for and looking for. That's what Jesus wants. But we make temporary things God and we reject Jesus as God and we end up living for the temporary, but we're really meant to live for the eternal. Here's how I see it. Anything that we put before Jesus will always lead to death. You can have all the money in the world, but still be empty and broken and lost. You can have all the power in the world, but when you die, all of that's gone. And 100 years from now, people don't rem remember your name. Is that what we want to live for? Anything put before Jesus will always lead to death, but if we put Jesus before everything, he could bring those dead things back to life. When I was reading about Jesus and the disciples going down to the tomb, and we see this picture of Jesus had died on the cross. He went to the grave. He's in the grave, and on that third day, he rose again and came back to life. And this is what I believe about Jesus. He is not a dead God. We don't follow a dead religion, but he is living and he is alive and he wants relationship with you. And so they ran down to the grave and they're there to honor him and they go to the tomb and they find the empty tomb. And they're like, where is he? What happened? Was his body stolen? They're trying to figure it out and all of a sudden these angels show up. They get freaked out because it's scary when the angels show up and they're like, oh my gosh, I know I would be freaked out. And, and the angel said this to them and I think, um, it's fitting for us right now. And I saw this picture. They said, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? And I felt like God spoke to me this way. He said, why are you trying to find life amongst dead things? We're searching in this life for the, only the life that Jesus could offer us. But oftentimes we're doing it 
in dead things. Not bad things, but dead things. And I, and I saw this picture of like a graveyard with tombstones and written on them different things that we try to find life in. Money, we try to find life in it. It's not gonna, it might not be bad, but it's not going to give you life. Getting into that right college, it's a good thing. It's a good desire. But even if you got into your dream college, that will not fulfill that void that's on the inside of your heart. Relationships. Good, healthy. God created us for relationship. But if relationships put before Jesus, they'll only end up being dead things. That boy or that girl will not bring the fulfillment and give you the eternal life you're looking for. And so many people go from relationship to relationship trying to find value, identity, and purpose, but they're trying to find life amongst dead things. Having influence, getting followers, getting views, what our culture lives for, seems to live for. Even if you have all the fame in the world, your video goes viral, you're making money off your YouTube videos, you buy the mansion or do whatever we want to do, you know. You get all of it. It's still a dead thing. It's not going to fill that void and give you that eternal life you've been looking for. And what the devil will love to do in our lives is keep us trying to find life in dead things. Maybe where you're trying to find life is the fact that you're holding on to bitterness against someone that hurt you. And you've been holding on to it for a long time. And that hurt and that pain is real. And you're just waiting for either a parent or whoever hurt you to apologize and ask for forgiveness. But what you're doing in holding on to that is you're actually trying to find life in it. For Jesus wants to give you life. He wants to heal you from that hurt and that pain. He wants to bring wholeness. He wants to give you a relationship that will satisfy you. But we have to be willing to let these things die. Because the only way we can find eternal life is if we're willing to surrender the things that we think give us life. We have to let them die. That's what the Christian walk is all about. Becoming more like Jesus is simply us dying to ourselves every day. It's laying down the things that we think give us life. Even ministry can become this. Preaching on a platform, it's a good thing. But if you're finding value, purpose, and identity in this, it's only leading you to death. You don't have to live this kind of life. You don't have to settle for an empty shell. God has paid a high price. He died on the cross so he could give you the gift of eternal life. You have a father in heaven who loves you so much that he was willing to give up everything for you to give you life, an eternal life, not something we wait for in the future, but something we can access right now. You don't have to spend your life searching. Jesus is it. But you have to be willing to put Jesus before everything and let those things die. Because to access the fullness of what God has for us, we can't find life in dead things and try to find life in Jesus. There can only be one God in our life. So I want to ask you today, and, and the band's going to lead us in worship at the end, and, and Ben, you could come up. 
We're about to end. I want to ask you today, what are some areas in your life? I want you to listen to me, whether you're sitting up top or down here. What are some areas in your life that you are trying to find life in that are other than Jesus? I want you to think about that. Maybe it's making that sports team. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's the fact that your, parent, your father walked out on you and you're like, this is just the way my life is going to be and that hurt and that pain that you're carrying. You can play a little bit softer. Thank you. Sorry, I didn't mean to call you out. You're amazing. Thank you. Maybe it's like, man, when they ask for forgiveness or if I didn't grow up in this broken home, then what are some things that you're putting before Jesus? They might be good things. They might be bad things but you're putting them before Jesus. Because the only way to find eternal life is to live like Jesus lived. Jesus had to die so that he could be raised up. You have to be willing to let those things die. You have to be willing to submit them to Jesus as God. So what does that mean? That means if Jesus in your life says like, hey, I don't want you to be in that relationship. Then you say, okay, I'm not going to be in that relationship. Or hey, I want you to do this or say this or don't do this or don't say that. You say, okay, my life is completely submitted to you. And what happens when we submit and let those things die, Jesus takes them and he brings purpose and value to them. He takes dead things and brings them to life. But Jesus has to be the center. He has to be the focus. Because Jesus wants to give us eternal life. All of those things are temporary. They can be here today, gone tomorrow. And if, it's, and if it can be taken away, it's not worth living your life for. It's not worth sacrificing your convictions for. If it can be taken away. Because what happens when we let those things die... Things can be good and things can be bad, but it doesn't change the state of where your heart is at. You can still have joy even when everything around you is falling apart. You can still have peace because what we have is not temporary. What we have is eternal because the temporary things, that's not where I find my life. I find my life in Jesus. Don't live your life for the temporary. I think that's what living with true fulfillment looks like. Living a life that's beyond what we feel in the moment, what's beyond what's happening around us, living for something greater, but we can only find that if we're willing to let Jesus be God in our life and we lay down our life and give him everything. Give him everything. I wanna read one last scripture and I think Jesus sums this up well. It's in Matthew 6, 31. It says, therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall I eat? What shall we drink and what shall we wear? It's crazy how so much of our life is centered around those three things. Eating, drinking, and like, what kind of clothes can I get? Um, for the Gentiles seek after these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. So he's not saying like, hey, walk around naked and don't worry about food. No, we need to like have those things. But what is the first? 
Like, what is the priority? What is the thing that drives you? Is it the temporary or is it eternal? That young man's riches were temporary, but he wasn't willing to give up the temporary for what he truly needed, the eternal. Seek first before your relationships, before your college admissions, before your sports team, before whatever you're living for. Seek first the kingdom of God. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient is the day uh, its own trouble. Let go. We don't have to live in worry and fear about tomorrow because we know where our value lies. And if you let those things die, there's nothing the enemy can take from you. I heard, I heard a pastor say this. Um, it was actually, I was reading this biography about a pastor named John Wimber. He started a church movement called Vineyard. And uh, he got saved in the 60s and in the 90s, he got diagnosed with cancer. And um, it was pretty bad. He was going to die. And he had lived a very successful life. Like all the degrees of success that we judge as success in this life. Like he had been a part of producing like Grammy winning albums. He was in like a famous band, gave it up, was preaching all around the world, all those things. And uh, he was about to die from cancer. And this guy was interviewing him. And he said, Pastor John, are you afraid to die? Are you afraid of death? And Pastor John looked at him and he's like, afraid to die? He's like, I died back in 1960 when I gave my life to Jesus. He's like, I gave up everything. So even death itself, I know that I'm going to be okay because I'm going to see Jesus face to face and spend life with him in eternity. So whatever's taken from me in this life is just temporary. I want to live that way. Because if we're living for the temporary, what happens when you don't have that boyfriend or girlfriend or maybe you don't get into that college? Does it change and shake your faith and identity? Or it's like, no, it's going to be okay because I've got Jesus. I've got Jesus. And because I have Jesus, everything's going to be okay. That's the way you were created to live. That's what it means to live life to the fullest and live that eternal life, that Zoe life. So we have the decision to make right now. It's not a decision we make in the future. We can only make this decision right now. Is who am I going to serve? What is giving me value and what is giving me life? Because it's, if it's anything other than Jesus, you have to let that die. But when you do, you find a life that's so much richer and so much more full than anything you could find in this life. So what do you need to let die tonight? Bitterness, unforgiveness, things we try to find value in relationships, whatever it is, what do you need to let die tonight and what do you need to surrender to Jesus? So I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna worship.